0: I want, to, I want to welcome you to Salem. My name is Tim Power. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to thank you for worshiping with us. And if you've worshiped with us before, you probably were a little bit confused. We did one song and, and probably you thought, is that it? Am I late? Did I show up? a little bit late today. Uh, we are actually changed our order of service a little bit, and it is by design, I promise. Uh, we wanted to change things up because we're in a sermon series right now called Old School. We have been spending time in the Old Testament. Uh, if you know uh, anything about Scripture, Scripture's divided up uh, into books of the Old Testament and then books of the New Testament. Oftentimes, when, when we study Scripture at church... A lot of churches, us included, we spend a lot of time in the New Testament. The New Testament is where we encounter the story of Jesus Christ. And, of course, as Christians, it makes sense that we would camp out a lot in the teachings uh, and in the story of Jesus. It matters a lot. However, that's, a, that's not the entire story of Scripture. So we were trying to spend a little bit of time in in this month of of Taking a look at the Old Testament. And we've taken a look at a lot of different kinds of scriptures that there are in the Old Testament. And we we heard about narrative scriptures, we heard about prophetic scriptures, we heard about wisdom literature, and today we're actually going to talk about the Psalms. The Psalms are some of I, I, some, some of my favorite scriptures, and it, it's probably because I love worship. I love to worship, and of course, it makes sense. I was a worship leader for for a number of years before I became uh, a licensed pastor, and so to me, this is very much on my heart that I love to worship, and when we come together, I think that's one of the most important, most transformative things we can do is to worship. That being said, the reason we started with just doing one song is because I wanted to talk about worship, and a lot of the time, we, we have this opportunity where we come together, we do some learning, And then we we, we close with one song, and I I thought it really would make more sense for us to get into the Scripture, to talk a little bit about what it means to worship, why we worship, why is it so important, and then to actually do it. Does that make sense? So we're going to try a little bit of that today, and we're going to start by reading a psalm of praise. This is Psalm 95. If you would just follow along with me um, and, and read this with me. Uh, Actually, you don't have to read it out loud. I'll read it for us, but but just just follow along and, and take note of it. Come, let us sing out loud to the Lord. Let's raise a joyful shout to the rock of our salvation. Let's come before him with thanks. Let's shout songs of joy to him. The Lord is a great God, the great king over all other gods, the earth's depths are in his hands. The mountains, the mountain heights belong to him. The sea which he made is his, along with the dry ground, which his own hands formed. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker. He is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep in his hands. If only you would listen to his voice right now. Don't harden your hearts like you did at Meribah, like you did when you were at, at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and scrutinized me. Even though they had already seen my acts, for 40 years I despised that generation. I said, these people have twisted their hearts. They don't know my ways. So in anger I swore they will never enter into my place of rest. So, this is a psalm, and it's a psalm of praise, a psalm of worship. Now, this, this idea of worship is kind of a strange thing, I think, if, 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 especially if you're kind of looking at it from the outside. We know from the scripture that God wants us to worship, that God wants us to worship. And, and I, 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 sometimes I think about this, and I try to think about why do we worship God? Is it because God has a weak ego? You think about that? Why do we worship God? Do we worship God because he needs to hear how great he is all the time? You know, usually if, if somebody's like that, somebody needs praise, they need affirmation all the time. That seems like a, a, a bad character quality, doesn't it? So why do we see this at, at, in God that he always needs praise and that we should always praise him? It seems strange. It seems like, like are, we, are we just trying to prop him up? Well, actually, it has nothing to do with what God needs and has everything to do with what we need, what God created us to need. Because I want you to get this the purpose of worship is not to placate the ego of an insecure God, it's to renew our minds. It is to renew our minds. There's a scripture uh, from, from the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Now maybe if you're sitting here today and you think, well, why do I need my mind renewed? Why do I need my mind renewed? We, we need our minds renewed because if we don't have our minds renewed, we fall into the patterns of thinking that this world has us fall into. And, and has anybody ever, think back on your life for a second, have you ever believed something that was false? Raise your hand if that's true about you. I have believed something that is a fallacy, something that is not true. Um, I th- All of us have fallen into this. All of us have fallen into this way of thinking and believing something that's not necessarily true. Um, I, I had a friend, I, I shouldn't say had a friend, I still have a friend, I have a couple friends actually. Um, I have a friend who, uh, we, we were on a road trip one time, and we got into a very interesting conversation. Now this, this guy is really, really a smart dude, but he, we, we start talking about, we, we were both big fans of documentary films. And so we started talking about He told me about a documentary he, he, was, he was watching about dinosaurs. And, and he said, um, Tim, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in dinosaurs? And I, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I believe in di- dinosaurs. And he's like, I don't. Which I, I thought, okay. And then he said, do you believe in mermaids? And I said, "Uh." like literally existing mermaids? He said, yeah. And I said, no, I don't. And he goes, see, that's where we differ. I don't believe in dinosaurs, but I do believe in mermaids. And I said, "Why? what? Why on earth would you believe in mermaids but not dinosaurs? He said, well, I think about it like this. You know, when they find these dinosaur bones, don't you find it convenient that they always find the dinosaur bones all in one place? And I said, "Well, maybe like the dinosaur died there, and so they found all his bones in one place." He goes, it "Seems too convenient for me." So, my friend, he believes in something. I, I'm I'm going to say I'll make a judgment call. I think that he believes in something that is a fallacy, and and see one thing one thing about worship is that it 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 makes us change our minds and not be drawn to these fallacies that we can easily fall into. And I'm going to share with you a fallacy that I fall into way too often, especially if I don't worship. This is a fallacy that maybe somebody else in this room falls into too. Here's the fallacy that I fall into every single day. It's that I am the center of the universe, I am the center of the universe. Anybody else the center of the universe? So I fall into this pattern of thinking all of the time. And it makes sense that some of us fall into this pattern of thinking because, think about it, every situation you're in, it's about you. The way you perceive the world, it's all about you. You see through your eyes, and every situation tends to focus on you. But you know, that's not true. You're not the center of the universe. And part of renewing your mind in worship is just getting to the point where you take yourself off the throne in your own life, where you're able to get yourself off the throne and put God in the throne. And, and here's, here's a really key thing that I think some people, uh, it's, if, if even if you're totally non-religious, I, I think that this is a key thing to understand, is that everybody worships. Everybody worships. I I, I recently, I I was listening to um, uh, a speech given by uh, David Foster Wallace, and uh, a really interesting writer, and uh, he has a, a really interesting thing he said in a speech that he gave about worship. Now, he is not a pastor, He's not a theologian. He's just a writer of fiction. But he has this really, really fascinating take on worship. And I, I think it's, it's worth me sharing this. So, so this, is a, this is a little bit lengthy, but please, please kind of pay attention. This is what David Foster Wallace says. Everybody worships. There's no such thing as atheism. The only choice we get is what to worship. A compelling reason for choosing to worship God is that pretty much anything else you choose to worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Worship your own body and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when you time and age start to show, you will die a million deaths before they plant you. You worship power and you will end up feeling weak and afraid and you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart and you'll end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. Look, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful, it's that they're unconscious. They are default settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into. Day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being aware that that's what you're doing. And the so-called real world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the so-called real world of men and money and power Hums merrily along on the fuel of fear and anger and frustration and craving. Craving the worship of self. Our own present culture has harnessed these forces in ways that yield, has yielded extraordinary wealth, comfort, and personal freedom. The freedom for all of us to be the lords of our own tiny skull-sized kingdoms. I mean, that's profound stuff. We all worship. We all are going to worship something. And if we don't pay attention to the fact that we fall into the patterns of this world, if we don't renew our minds, we're going to worship things that are going to eat us alive. You can either be on the throne of your own life or you can put God on the throne of your own life. You can put God into his right place of worship. And so when we come together and we sing, we're we're not just coming together and praising God to make God feel good. We're doing it because he knows that we need to worship to renew our minds. That we need to constantly be calling ourselves out from the patterns of this world and into the glorious light of his renewing presence. Did you know that worship transforms you? Worship can transform your life, and you need it, and I need it. And in fact, I'm going to invite the band back up to the stage right now because I really believe that when we get into the presence of God, it does something powerful. It does something powerful in our lives. We are no longer on the throne. Instead of worshiping, in our default setting, we are calling ourselves out to say, I want to worship the God who truly is worthy. I want to praise the God who is truly worthy. And, and you know, there's something amazing that happens when we truly worship God. The end of uh, that passage of Scripture that I read It says that because the people, the children of God did not worship God, did not put him in his proper place, they never entered into the place of rest. When we are able to put God in his proper place on the throne, something amazing happens is that we find our rest in him. And and if you're here today and you're weary, I want to encourage you to find your place of rest in him this morning. So if you would, Let's just bow our heads, and then after after I say, "Amen, I would like it if we could join together in worshiping again and, and, and understand that we need this, we need these moments in God's presence. So join me in, 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 in prayer right now. Lord God, we recognize that we all worship, we all worship something. Break us out of our default setting, Lord God, where we put ourselves on the throne, Lord God, where we put ourselves in that place that you belong. So Lord God, we just say you are good. You are good and we wanna see your presence in this place. We wanna feel your presence in our lives. We wanna be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we know that that only comes in your presence. That only comes when we just humble ourselves before you, God. So just in in these moments of worship that we're about to enter into, Lord God, We just say, Lord God, we vacate the throne. We vacate the throne, and we want to put you in your proper place. And so, Lord God, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to come to this place right now and to transform our hearts, Lord God, to transform our hearts and renew our minds. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.